WBZ Original. Women made history this year at the Boston Comedy Festival. Four out of the eight finalists this year were women, including the winner, who was a woman. And three of those finalists join us right now. They're all from Boston. Aaron Spencer, Emily Raskowski. Am I saying your last name correctly? You are, yeah. Right there. Yeah. And Kathy Ferris. Welcome, and thank you so much for coming in. We really Thanks appreciate it. Thank you. Um, the congratulations on the festival. Of course, stand-up comedy for years and years has been known as being a man's world. Uh, do you think that the dam has broken? Do you think it's uh, more and more women getting into it? Yeah, uh, from my experience, absolutely. I started late in life at 44, and mm. um, it's been nothing but a great experience. Kindest people I've ever met. Mm. And in Boston, the scene is so uh, filled with shows and open mics and opportunity that, um, yeah, I haven't felt any of the, the struggle. That's great. Yeah. And you were saying, you're from the North Shore, you're from New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. I was saying to Liam, I remember people <laughs> actually saying growing up that women weren't funny. Women could not be funny. Do you think that that whole notion is changing? Clearly, you all did very well at this comedy festival. I mean, I think I, that question always infuriates me. Yeah. yeah. Because I think in order to ask it, you have to engage in like willfully ignoring 60 years of women's <laughs> contributions in comedy. Like, you deliberately have to forget Lucille Ball, Carol right. Burnett, Joan Rivers, Sarah Silverman. Like, there's, so, there's too many women to name that have always been, you know, changing the game and, and really succeeding in comedy. Mm -hmm. And I think there's always been this sort of bizarre gatekeeper mentality that this is a boys' club, despite so many women for so many years yeah. really excelling and bringing so much to the table. Yeah. There's been mm. this bizarre, like, protective, this is our clubhouse and you don't belong here. Like, kind of even thing. as recently as Elaine Boozler and, like, Ellen DeGeneres, people were mm. like, wow, there's a woman hanging in there <laughs> <Yeah>. all stand-ups. <laughs> like, maybe it's right. stand-up particularly? I think so. Mm -hmm. As opposed to sitcoms? Do you think that's what makes a difference? I think... I. I agree with what Emily said. I just think if you even look back, they were still doing stand up back then. Yeah. They just yeah. didn't they just just didn't acknowledge that, you know, we were doing these things then. <laughs> well, not me. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Gilda Radner, I will say, is one of my all-time oh, SNL favorites. One of the, the oh. first person cast on SNL. Of course, yes. there you go. Right. Uh, but do you, do you find just in, in being in stand up, uh, Aaron to you, um, is it is it all a toxic environment for women still? Do you think, or is it not? Do you do you feel you walk into the club, you're on an equal footing? Uh, I mean, it's a hard environment to succeed in. I think for anyone. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I I generally don't find anybody funny though. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> other than yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty much. So I mean, I, you know, I think I think it's a it's a hard for everyone. Everyone that gets up on stage has a difficult time, but. Um, you know, we all we all do our best and then try and achieve as much as we can in it. Yeah, yeah. When when you talk about being on the road, you're going to comedy clubs, being backstage with mm -hmm. it is predominantly men, right? right? When you go to do stand up, right. it would seem as though their humor a lot of the times is observational. So it's about them, or it might be about their relationships. Is it hard for male and female comics to you know? Do you ever get offended? Or would you get offended or would you say, no, they should be able to tell whatever jokes they want? I only get offended if it's not funny. If it's funny, yeah. then it's funny. Um, that's just, the, to me, it's, that's what stand-up yeah. is. Yeah. Mm. Right. Erin, you are a transgender woman. I think you're the first finalist in the 
Boston Comedy Festival, who is transgender. Does that is that part of your set being transgender? And how does the audience react to that? that absolutely. I mean, that's that's mainly all I talk about. Uh, um, <laughs> no, they, it, you know, I've gotten all types of reactions from audiences. A lot, most by by and large, they tend to be very interested. I feel when I talk about it, when I make jokes about it, oftentimes they're. I get this sort of like hanging on my words, trying to learn as much as they can. Sure. Um, and I, and I love kind of being in that space when I'm on stage. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about the Boston comedy scene a little bit because I think we were talking earlier about Jay Leno performed here in the early 70s and mm -hmm. a lot of other now famous comics. And they would kind of allude to the fact that they had to drive back and forth between Boston and New York. Sure. Boston is really booming. Is there enough work here for comedians to just work in Boston? Or do you feel like you need to go to other cities as well? I feel like to to be a good comic, you have to go elsewhere. You can't just live in your bubble. I think Boston has a wonderful scene. And again, I started in D.C. That's a great scene, too. I think if you just stay in your scene with the kind of rooms that you like and that are easiest for you, mm. you're never going to grow. Mm. So I think you have to branch out. You have to push yourself. And you have to see how your material works in front of different audiences if you really want to make this your life. It doesn't make any sense to insulate yourself from any new challenges um, or that's sort of you're going to be stuck in like the little bubble you've created for yourself and and what's the you know what's the benefit in that for you or for anybody else Aaron and Kathy how do you find the the Boston comedy scene If you wanted to if you there's different paths um you know if you're really looking to like take this to a fame level you know looking for a network special a Netflix special or something yeah you really you really need to like get out of Boston as well to do as much mm -hmm. as you can if you're looking to just not just but to do work and do consistent work yeah there's consistent work here you can do fundraisers you can mm -hmm. do shows on the weekends mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to keep you busy mm -hmm. here in Boston a lot of comedians are now saying that the tone on college campuses is so Hmm. uncomfortable for them they won't mm -hmm. do in Boston it's kind of hard to avoid a college campus yeah do you find that there's a lot of censorship in sort of a PC way on college campuses or do you just go anyway and do your thing I mean I've, I've never run into censorship in college campuses mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've done a few in Boston now mm -hmm. um, they've always they've always told me you know do whatever you want go on stage and just be yourself um, you know, sometimes when you're on there, you'll do a joke that usually works and doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I think that's more on you as a comic to be able to adapt and know your audience mm -hmm. and, and to be able to get around those challenges. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about Louis C.K. He, of course, is just a giant in stand-up comedy in general, and he's from Newton. A very bad person. Well, audience. it was just that uh. we want to ask you about that. It was, it was just a short time ago that he came back. He did a set in New York. It was only 10 months or so after the allegations against yep. him. Mm -hmm. Which he, he confirmed, by the way. Right, did he? Yeah. Uh, you seem he to think he came back too soon. I want to ask each of oh, you yeah. about that. I got that. a lot of thoughts about okay. this. Very thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me, the whole situation is infuriating, I think, because he, what everyone's, fo guys were desperate to get him back, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as he was sort of disgraced and cast out, I guess, right? All these guys were like, when can he come back? When can he come back? And he came back and they were like, well, is he supposed to lose his whole livelihood? First of all, he blacklisted these women who uh, made these allegations against him that were true. So they basically told people what he was doing and he shut down their careers completely. No regard for what was going to happen to them. He, they were done and that's it. Nobody's begging for them to come back. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, what he did 
you can't do in any workplace in America without consequences. You can't go into a grocery store if you work there and sexually proposition your coworkers, you'd be fired. You don't even have to work there. If you go into a grocery store and sexually proposition people, you're banned from that grocery store. I guess that was kind of my question before. Like, yeah. Do you think the nightclub scene lends itself to people thinking they can do things like that? Yes. There's no, there's no HR in comedy. Mm. And no. guys, right. I think that's why sexually, sexual harassment has been so pervasive because it was always a boys club. And then there's women and these guys are like, hey, great women that we can date or we can have sexual relationships with. I got to laugh at my jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then women are like, oh, no, we're here to tell jokes. And a lot of guys are like, well, well I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron and Kathy, how do you feel about Louis C.K.? Was it too soon? Uh, you know, yeah. co comedy, comedy is the Wild West. You know, doing comedy and doing comedy clubs and getting out there and mm. trying to be funny. It's 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 wild out there. You do your best. You fight as best you can. Um, and there is no HR department. Mm. Right. So, I mean, was it too soon? That's for the audience to answer. And that's mm. for his you know, fans. Maybe all he does is small little clubs for the rest of his life because there's only a small group of people that are really OK with excusing him. Mm. And, you know, but that's kind of the nature of comedy. And I don't know if I'd want that necessarily changed. I don't know if I'd want some, you know, overarching, controlling, whatever, telling people who can, can and can't can be do. on stage. So you yeah. got to go in prepared for that. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean that's comedian. true. We don't have that. It really is an individual thing. So it's really up to that club owner, that that company that's saying, yeah, mm. we're going to have them on our stage and we're going to face that consequence or we're going to welcome in the tickets. Going further back than Louis C.K., Bill Cosby was just mm -hmm. sentenced yesterday. Sure. Do you think for decades when he clearly had had all of these violations, obviously this went on in a lot of industries, but um, do you think it was his power to help young comedians that probably kept most people from ever reporting him? I think people excuse a lot from people they like and admire. Mm -hmm. And they may, you know, there's... Um, you know, people, ex especially for men and their violations against women, mm. we can say he's a great guy who did terrible things to women, but we still really like him. For whatever reason, people can excuse that. Cosby had a joke on one of his earlier albums called Spanish Fly about drugging women. He's been confessing and making money off it mm. for decades, and, and people still wanted to say it's not true because they can't, yeah. the idea of losing their hero was too much. And that's what happened with Louis. Like, you women took away our hero in this thing that's supposed to be ours. Amy Schumer did a whole skit about that yep. on her show where she was in front of a judge and jury mm. and by, you know, giving up pudding pops and making jokes about Bill Cosby, the jury wouldn't sort of convict him in her fantasy mm -hmm. skit about it. Mm -hmm. So it's a powerful thing when somebody has a lot of power in that industry. Also as a comedian, too, both of these guys were endearing on stage. People sure. really mm -hmm. just liked who they were and felt that they really knew them based on their comedy. And I think that translates, too, because you really feel like you do know them. But that's just a slice of who you are yeah. on stage. And I, I think that that has a lot to do with you know, why people were just kind of hesitant about doing anything about it yeah. or believing it. Emily Roskowski, Aaron Spencer, and Kathy Ferris, thank you so much for coming in. Congratulations again on the Boston Comedy Festival. Thank, thank you, you very much. much. Good luck with your comedy career. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. This is great.